Welcome to the Not in the Textbooks podcast. I'm your host, Audra, and I'll be sharing stories you've likely never learned in any of your textbooks. But before today's chapter, I need to clear up just a little bit of business. The views in these chapters are my own or my guest's own. They are meant for entertainment and educational purposes only. They do not reflect any connections to any employer of mine, my guests, now, in the past, or even in the future. If you need any medical treatments, advice, assistance, or care, please seek your own medical practitioners, not this podcast. Also, if I have a fellow healthcare provider, clinician, etc., member of the healthcare team, and we are discussing anything that has to do with healthcare stories, there are no HIPAA violations or HIPPO violations, as we like to jokingly call them. We are not going to disclose personal health care information. We are going to change the little tweaks in the story so that there's nothing identified. It is just for the education and entertainment factor. And most likely, things in the story have been changed so that you can't identify who the patient may be. So on that note, I hope that you guys thoroughly enjoy the show. Thanks. Today is July 23rd, 5.04 p.m. Hello, Dad. Hello. And how are you? Fantastic, as always. I'm super fantastic, as always. So there we have it. That is a good thing. So I'm going to make you be really uncomfortable because you never talk about yourself. Don't expect me to necessarily do that. (laughs) Today. No? I said not necessarily. Depends on what you ask. Oh, okay. Um, Again, some of this may be used and none of it may be used. And that depends on you. If you don't want it used, I won't use it. Um, So, it's really just about me being nosy. Because we went through those pictures. And there was so much that I was like, why don't I know this? Why? why Guess guess what? You got more... Wednesday night at dinner, you're going to have more pictures brought to you. Woohoo! Exciting, exciting stuff. <laughs> so, Charleston's at MacArthur on Kilpatrick. Sounds good. Kilpatrick. Yes. Okay. Not the one on Northwest Highway, MacArthur. A memorial. Memorial. I got you. Yes. Okay. Sweet. Um, what time did you say? Five? That'll work for us. Okay. Cool. Very good. Do you want us to pick up Jordan? Sure. If you can, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be close enough. We're going to be at Rockwell, so we'll be closer than you are. Yes. Yes. Does he work on Wednesdays? He does, but he'll be off by two. Oh, okay. Yep. He will be off by two. So... Which which pictures are they more of the same or just different ones? Yes. Okay, cool. More probably there's more new ones than there is duplicates, but some oh. of the subjects could very well be the same. Okay, cool. Good deal. So you were born in nineteen something. <clears throat> like like my like myself, I was born in nineteen something. Yeah, um, I'll give you that. If you, I mean, I'm not bashful about my 
you're a burst. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I I'm not I'm not generally bashful. I mean, everybody that's listened knows I'm about to turn fifty. I'm fine with it. Everybody else is like cringing. My friends are cringing, and I'm like, no, it's an accomplishment. There's way more people. There's a lot of people that haven't met that age. You know. Yep. <laughs> And you definitely are much younger than what a stereotypical person your age is. So, did you golf today? I did. Okay, so tell me, let's just start there. That's simple, right? When did that, okay. when did that love of golf come into play? How did that come about? The level of golf or no. just golf itself? Golf itself. The love that you have for golf, for golfing. Oh, I'm not sure exactly when I got. I use a different word. I use addictive. Oh, okay. And I would definitely say, and I got, I got, I got to turn my calculator on because I don't know. Okay. I started actually played my first round of golf when I was 68 or in 1968. I'm sorry. Okay. I was like, no, you were not. (laughs) I was 23 years of age at that particular point. Golf didn't become addicted, so to speak, until we moved to Surrey. Okay. That would have been in July of 73. Yes, it would have been. So if you take 73 from 23, you get 50 years of golf. That you were, you've been just addicted to it, yeah? I don't know that, that the addiction came in, or total addiction, if you want to call it that, is in 98 when we got the condo down here. right. And had the ability to play just about every weekend that we came down, which pretty much was every weekend. Right, to right. Keep me from being an alcoholic, workaholic. A workaholic, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you've always been pretty work driven. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You listen to certain people; it's still there. Well, I mean, you haven't quit. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> no, no. Don't think you'll ever quit, will you? Only when I say goodbye to everybody. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Um, so, how talk about the stumbling into Rothschilds then? Stumbling into Rothschilds? Yeah, how did that job even come to pass? Do, do you just trying to, like, was it after high school or during high school? You're going back to Kansas City times. I am. Okay, okay. yeah. That's fine. That's yep. fine. I was working, I don't even, I was working for Macy's at one point in their delivery department, shipping department, whatever. I don't remember whether it was internal from store to store or if it was to customers, but I was working there while I was still in high school. Okay. I went to work for Rothschilds, and I'll be very honest, I had no clue how I got there. Don't 
remember a thing about it other than the fact I started there in April of 1963. Okay. Just started working like sales on the floor or what? Oh, no, no, no. In the same that I was at Macy's, I was in the shipping and receiving department, primarily inner store. And well, I guess I didn't do any of the shipping of things out other than transfers from one store to the other. So and somebody somebody buys a stu- suit in one Kansas City store and wants to ship it to another Kansas City store to pick it up. That's you. You get that suit and you move it. Correct. I didn't. They brought it up to the shipping department, transfer department. Then all of the new merchandise coming in, which came to the main store, came into the downtown where I was working. The buyer then came up once it was in and received in, then came up and filled out the paperwork, how much, there were only two other stores, how much wanted and what sizes wanted to go to which store. I then separated and bagged them and got them ready for the truck to take the next day or the same day if they were up early enough. But I was I was still in high school, so I was only working, I'm going to say, one to five. Okay, okay. Now, how did you get down there? How did I get down there? I drove myself down there. Okay, so you had your car. What car? Do you remember what kind of car you had? <laughs> 1954 Ford Blue. Okay. What kind or what model. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. So this is from one, okay, wait, you're still in high school. So from one to five, you only had a half a day of high school? Correct. I had that for both my junior and senior year. Because how, why? Oh, you really want to go that deep? Yeah, I do. I do. Oh, this will be this will be fun, won't it? Yeah. Okay. They had Northeast High School in Kansas City, Missouri, had a work program. It had some initials. I remember it started with C. It was concurrent. Uh, maybe E for employment. I don't know what the rest of it is. Okay. But anyway, in my junior year, I filled out paperwork, mm-hmm. and your grandmother basically said no. Okay, okay. So the papers were signed and turned in, so I went to school from 8 to noon in my junior year. I was not working at Rothschilds. I was... I'm working at the bowling alley. I was working at Macy's. I don't remember exactly which one came first. I'm going to say the bowling alley first. <clears throat> and in my junior year, because I didn't have to go to work right after school, I had the opportunity to ride the trains downtown and back (laughs) until I went to work at the bowling alley, which was late at night until two or three in the morning or, I don't know, maybe midnight. Okay. Then you had to get your your rear end up and go back to school the next day? Yeah. I'm sure you were at peak performance, right? (laughs) 
except for the times that I didn't want to go back to school. So then you just uh, took your opportunity, I'm doing air quotes in the air, took your opportunity to jump on the train, right? <laughs> yeah, earlier in the day and, you know, spend more time. So anyway, after doing that for 33 days in one semester, mm-hmm. your grandmother wanted to see my report card. Oops. Oops. So, of course, I said, you know, my grades are good. And I gave her the actual grades. Well, she decided she was going to call either the principal or assistant principal to verify what I was telling her. And that's when they discussed my health issues because I was so sickly. (laughs) So, at some point in time, you will see documentation in the form of letters from the principal, you'll see the grade cards. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think some of the grade cards coming to you are uh, this week are elementary. Oh, uh, fun times, fun times. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, and of course, in summertime, I was off. I, I don't recall going to work full time, still continued working Macy's Bowling Alley. You know, and maybe the bowling alley late, late nights were in the summer. I don't really recall. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, when it came time to do the concurrent education employment, then for my senior year, I did the exact same thing. Okay. And that's, of course, that senior year, again, I would have been at Macy's first and then like I say, I do not remember, but it was April of 63 Okay. when I went to work for Rothschilds. Okay. That's the same time that I moved out of the house. Okay. 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 All right. So you were, you know, the minute, a minute and a half after you turned eight, 18, you were like, um, or were you 17? I was 17. I didn't turn 18 until the following October. Uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. The maths. You know, not my strong suit, yours. Um, So when you moved out, did you stay? I mean, I know they lived in Kansas City, Missouri, but how far were they from downtown? Uh, Six to ten miles, and I'm thinking six sticks in my mind. Okay. And so not bad in traffic i mean traffic is terrible everywhere but it's not terror it's not Not back then no yeah okay and so uh where did you live when you moved out when you were 17 how far was it from the house uh i moved over to kansas city kansas Uh, oh you defected that's even worse yes Yes, i did um your uncle charlie was married at the time and they were living in a house that had outside entrance to the second level and had and i don't remember now i don't know that i was ever even in their apartment but had at least a one bedroom but then it also had a small studio apartment and I moved into the studio apartment okay. right across the hall from them. Okay, okay. Um, so they were in theirs, you were in yours, but you saw each other, you could, or whatever. 
I don't remember seeing a lot of him at the time because again, I was driving from there to the high school and then back downtown to work and then back home. Okay. You guys were both busy probably. So, um, did char did did because Alan was twelve. So Charles came first, then you, and then Alan was. There was a gap between you guys, right? There, Charlie was born in forty three. I was born in forty five. Al was born in fifty. Okay, so just five years. Right. That's not a lot. I thought it was a huge gap for whatever reason no, in my no. mind. No, no, no. There was that two year gap actually two years and a few months between Charlie and myself. Right, right. And, and then I am guessing, although I do not recall whatsoever, that mom probably had a miscarriage at the two or two and a half mark after me, which would have been in 47. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Not uncommon. One in three women, so. Yeah. Um, okay, and so, so did Al ever... When did Al move out? When he graduated. Okay. Which, when he graduated high school, he went to the Ohio State University. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. It's okay. He would he would be like, "Why Michigan?" If we uh, if he was still around, he'd be like, "Seriously, no." No, the reason for it was as far away as he could get accepted. Right, as far away from home as he could get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> accepted yeah. into school and and still kind of afford whatever yeah but that's the only reason that i can't can't actually hate them as much as i should so <laughs> um okay so then rothschilds you're working in the downtown kansas city store doing that and then you move up how did what did how did that okay. all that that transaction took place in this manner the gentleman who was the office manager also was manager of the shipping and receiving department or transfer department. Mm-hmm. So I being the young whatever would go to him when I didn't have any work. I don't have anything to do. Do you have anything for me? Uh-huh. Okay. So he brought me into the office when I didn't have anything else to do. Okay. And of course, you know, being the manager, he liked that. Well, yeah. In, in the fact that, you know, here's here's a young man that is rambunctious or, you know, not rambunctious, but... Ambitious. 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 Yeah. Ambitious. Thank you. Uh, so, of course, he was more than happy. He taught me how to use a comptroller which you don't even know what that is. Nope. Uh, you got to look it up. It's it's just a, well, it's a hundred figures, one through a hundred, or one through whatever, I don't remember, but, and there's like 10 rows each way, 10 up, 10 to the side. Okay. And you would punch in those buttons just by going through, you know, and punching the buttons. And then from there, he taught me how to use the 10 key calculator. Which, which <laughs> I have to say, always mesmerized me as a child hearing that. that. That's probably a core memory of mine is hearing that 
10, that calculator and you just hitting those numbers, you're not even looking at them, you're looking at the numbers on the screen. Yep. And it would have that ticker tape on there, just run, and then you could look at it, make sure you got all the numbers, double check it, do you, all the. But you could blindly use that thing. And yes, and I could blindly use the comptometer, comptometer. Yes. The same way, except it didn't spit out a tape. But that was the precursor to the 10 key, was that. You'll need to look it up and look at that. It's a monster. Oh, I bet it is. I, I will. You know, I will be looking that up. Um, but it makes my hands sweat because my dyslexic ass thinks I'm going to like just the idea of putting those numbers in as fast as you would do that on that 10 key. <laughs> I, yeah, I would, was, I'm like, oh. That's, that's like some people that can type, you know, 100 words per minute. You just... I just fell into adapting to it, and he started me from, you know, here's where you place your keys, and then here's where you just work up and down, and so on and so forth. And when you're doing it for hours on end, you get to that point where it's just speed-driven. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, so then you started working in his office sometimes, right? Right, and then I graduated from high school, so now I'm available for full-time work. Look at you. Yeah, look at me go. Mm. Besides that, I was starving to death because I was barely able to pay the rent while right. I was working part-time. Right, right. So, anyway, he brought me into the office, and I started working in the sales audit department. And, you know, then I moved up to the receiving where the buyers would come up and I was doing all of the paperwork and so on and so forth <clears throat> and taking on more responsibility in the office. The only way that he would give me that job though, initially just doing whatever in the office full time was if I agreed to go to Kansas City Junior College at night in the fall. So you Which did. Why, <clears throat> that's right. Why would I not? Right. <clears throat> so I took accounting one the first semester. I took accounting two. I took accounting three and hated it. And that was the extent of my college in Kansas City. Okay. <clears throat> so that would have been 63 to 64. And then at the end of 64... And I told him I hated accounting, but he still liked what I was doing in the office, so he didn't fire me. Okay. And he didn't, he didn't say anything about having to get a degree or anything of that nature. He just wanted me to take those accounting courses. Sure, sure. So I continued to work in the office on a full-time basis, and uh, let me stop and think. The irony, the irony of, of you hating accounting classes is not lost on me, though. <laughs> well, that, yeah, but, okay, then there's a period of six months, so I'm trying to backtrack from December, so let's just say June, maybe May of 1966, I got tired of them passing me over or raises. Mm -hmm. I went to work for Mobile Oil Company in Kansas City, Missouri for six months. 
Okay, did you did you meet anybody significant at Mobile Oil Company? No. Okay. I don't even remember now working there. All I know is I went to work in the payroll department processing payroll. Don't remember anything about it. If you look at my resume, it doesn't even show up. Why would it? Yeah. I mean, it was six months. Yeah. And at the end of six months, I got a phone call from Mr. Clark, the owner. Mm -hmm. or I, got, I may have gotten it from Larry. Larry's the one that took me under his wing. Mm -hmm. I can't recall, but I do think it was Mr. Clark. At the time that I was working in the office, there was a store manager at the Plaza store by the name of Jerry Warner. Oh, I remember Jerry Warner. <laughs> yes. Okay. He was transferred to Oklahoma City yeah. in 1960 when that store opened. At, at Penn Square Mall. At Penn Square Mall, March. Was, March of 60. Was there a downtown store? Yes. Okay, there was a downtown store. Okay. I worked there for a while. Okay. So, backing up, Mr. in 1966, they started remodel, not a remodel, an additional they doubled their space. They went from a 16,000 square foot store to a 32,000 square foot store. Okay. He needed somebody as an operational person. Okay. To run payroll and the buyers no, and the, no, 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 to run personnel to manage all of the non-selling functions in the store. Non-selling functions. Security janitorial right okay cashiers okay mm -hmm. all of the non-selling functions because i had no background in any and the statement that i was told is is that mr warner said he had never seen anybody with as much common sense as i had shown in the time i was working for the store well you do have that you have very much a logical, common sense sort of approach to everything. Yeah, I could see that. So that's, and of course, at that point, I had left Rothschilds for more money. And of course, it took more money for me to go back. Yep. Plus, I had moved to Oklahoma City. Oh, you did, didn't you? Yep. So you so, worked downtown. No. When I came to Oklahoma City, I went to the Penn Square store. Okay. I stayed there from 66 to 76. Okay. Again, was being underpaid in my humble opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I left and went to work for a group of Sonic franchisees. And that is where you met. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've got to go back. I skipped one. In 1973. You went to Nash, right? Correct. Napoleon Nash, yeah. Was there from 73 to 76. Yeah. Then 76 to 79 is where I met Mr. David Reed. Yes. With the Sonic Group. 
And of course, each time that I changed jobs, there was more money involved. Right, right. That's what put me in a position where I could buy the Surrey home in 73 when I left to go with Nash. Okay, okay. Okay. And the Sonic Group was in the process of filing bankruptcy, so I lost my job. That not That's not good. <laughs> no, didn't last for very long because I went back to work for Napoleon Nash. Okay. For a very short period of time. Don't remember the time frame. But that's when Jerry Warner was left. Say, I was going to say wasn't Jerry Warner at Napoleon Nash, right? No. Oh, no, he, he wasn't. With that, oh, okay. Um, that was the Nash family. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and I don't, I could not even begin to tell you how I found out that they were looking for a controller. I had no idea whatsoever. Okay. So, um, went back to work for them, and at that particular point, I don't remember the exact year, but it's probably. 79, maybe 80, 70, it may have been 79, may have been 79, that I went back for, I wasn't back at Nash for maybe six weeks. Jerry Warner said that he was resigning as president of the Oklahoma operation and was buying another retail store by the name of Jerome's. Yep, that was at uh, uh, North Park, right? Uh where it wound up initially it was in mayfair okay okay he, he moved it from mayfair to north park mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after he bought it from the original jerome okay so they were naming a new president and they needed my listen to me talk i'm talking out of school here and over my head but <laughs> they needed somebody to help him because they he wasn't that strong of an individual Okay. So, again, they came back to me and said, you know, would you be interested in coming back? Now, I got to backtrack because somewhere early 70s, I wound up being promoted <clears throat> to controller of Rothschilds and moved downtown where the general office was. Okay. And I couldn't even begin to tell you three, four, five years then. Well, it probably would have been four or five, but that's when I, I left there to go to work for Napoleon Nash. So it would have maybe only been three years. Okay. So I went to work for them in 73 to 76, 79 to, or 76 to 79 with the Sonic. Right. All these years get a little fuzzy. Yeah, those years do. They do. They do. So then um, that would have put me coming back there in the 80s. Well, I spent, yeah, it was in when I came back after the wake-up call of being unemployed for a very short period of time that I had nothing to fall back on. I had no degree. Right. 
no experience except in retail, which wasn't the best field to be in to begin with, but mm -hmm. it well. So in talking with Jerry, he convinced me that I had enough experience that I needed to apply to sit for the CPA exam. Mm -hmm. I thought well, that's a bunch. So in 19, well, this was in 78, so I guess I'm off a year there. So in 78, and again, you'll see these letters eventually that I wrote to the Oklahoma City office, or not the Oklahoma, well, it, it was in Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma Society of CPAs, no, Oklahoma Accountancy Board. Okay. And gave them all of my uh, resume, if you want to call it that. Yeah. In addition, I had to give them all of my transcripts had to give my diploma from high school, transcripts from... Kansas City Junior College. <laughs> right, and what is now UCO Central State there. I went there and took a, a business administration course. And then all of my, you know, work. And I think the icing on the cake that where they allowed me was that I had spent those three or four years as the controller for a major corporation in Oklahoma City that uh -huh. they were familiar with. Uh-huh. So I think that was the icing on the cake. I think if it had just been the other side of it, I don't think I would have been allowed. But anyway, they allowed me to sit. I took the Becker review course. And as you know, the history, I was lucky enough because when I walked out after those two eight-hour days of testing, I swore I'd never study again for the CPA. I was done. Didn't care whether I passed or not. I passed all four parts the first time. Which is like unheard of. 5% uh, of the people that take it do it. So I was in the top 5% that year. Yeah. Yeah, that's averages, so who knows. But anyway, uh, within... I want to say four months after I got my CPA license, I was promoted to chief financial officer. Okay. For Rothschilds. I, that would have occurred in 82. I took the test in 81, got my results in January of 92. 82. Yeah or 82, and spent there until 92. Yes. 92 is when they closed the store. When did they close the Kansas City store? Oh, I'm going to have to guess, but I'm going to say that it occurred back in the 70s. Okay. Mr. Clark had already moved his family down here because the Oklahoma City operation was by far the most profitable. They were losing money in the Kansas City operation at that point. Right. Okay. So you stayed there until 92. So, man, okay. August of 92. Yes. Is when they closed the store. Right. Mr. Clark retain me as the final employee for the next from August to February of 93. February of 93 is when 
the gentleman that was running the, the franchisee of the women's shoe department moved to North Park. Yes. He had a, I don't know what it was, five by seven room, an eight by ten room. In yeah, it was a little bitty room. <laughs> little bitty room, but he offered it to me at no rent, and he retained me to kind of oversee from an operational standpoint the store plus do all of their accounting work payroll work etc okay so then that was in february of 93 when i hung out the shingle so to speak yeah and the goal at that point was just feed me that's it right that's it survival because i had gone from back then a very very comfortable salary plus the fact i had continued to do tax returns and accounting work uh i had when the store closed i think i had four yeah four companies that i was doing their monthly books Mm -hmm. i when i opened my doors i had 33 clients that first year tax returns okay and I think I had worked up to, I don't know, 10 business clients, I think, by that point. Which is not nothing, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it was enough to where I was able to pay the bills. Yeah. It was keep the lights to, on, keep food on the table. Like had to do a lot of scrambling, uh, refinance the house to get it down, payment down, to take some pressure off of there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the things that you have to do. Yeah. And at that point, oh, it is for sure. And then, and then, you know, your kid has a kid way too early. I'm sure you were crapping your pants. (laughs) Okay. We're not going down that road. No, we're not. No, we won't go down that road. But I mean, I'm sure scared the living daylights out of you. (laughs) So... Okay, so then you hang your shingle out, and you know you got a year where you're like, uh, at least we can pay the bills, right? Yep. And then you build an empire. <laughs> the following year, which was in, I want to say January of of seventy three or ninety three, I get a postcard in the mail from HD Vest. And said, you know, this would be a great opportunity. We're looking for successful CPAs and so on and so forth. And we would love to have you join and handle investments for your clients. So I can't remember the time, you know, whether it's first of the month, middle of the month, I pondered it for probably a couple of weeks because it was something totally, I knew nothing about it. I mean, absolutely nothing. Right. And finally sent it in uh, sometime in January, got my license in February. The goal at that point was to do $10,000 in commissions and at that point, because at that level, you only got to get half of those. So I would have put $5,000 into the company kitty bank account. That yeah. was my goal. Yeah. And I did not reach it. Okay. 
I, at the end of December, my rolling gross was 3,900. Yeah, so it didn't quite make it, but it was getting exciting because of the self-satisfaction of, of helping the clients. Uh, the following year, I was able to put together a large retirement plan for David Reed and Tom Dickerson. Okay. And that kind of sent things going because it went to 10,000. Right. The following year, I hit my goal. I was just a year late. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, it doubled for I can't tell you how many years. Right, so. right, right. And that's, I mean, that was, uh, you used to describe that as like, this is the bread and butter. This isn't the, the accounting side, you know, the CPA was the bread and butter and your investments was the cake that got fun for you. It was something new that you had learned. And did you know going to their little thing or sitting down and talk, did you go to like a, a weekend, a seminar or whatever it was? All done over the, with that postcard and on the phone, you know, and they sent me paperwork to fill out. I filled it out, sent it in, never met them. Okay. And it just was like, well, at least this will be something else, you know, right. Some additional revenue. That's all that it was. I had no concept. I mean, absolutely zero concept of what it was going to turn into. Right. And that was more fun to you, right? More satisfying. Here's the way that if you look at it from my perspective at that time, doing accounting work and doing tax work was reactive. Everything was already done. You had no effect on the results other than to put it on paper. Doing a financial statement or doing a tax return. It's objective it was, data. Objective data. It was, it was data to put in the proper form to help the client, but it was always recorded after the fact. Okay. Couldn't fix anything. Right. Couldn't fix anything. Okay, couldn't change the results. Gotcha. You know, clients thought I could, <laughs> but you really can't. You can't, yeah. Whereas the investments, you're very proactive. Right. Because you're planning for their future. You're giving them the means to be successful themselves. I can't tell you over the years how many people have said, I wouldn't have what I have if it wasn't for you. That self-satisfaction deep down meant more than the paycheck. Now, trust me, I enjoyed the paycheck. Don't get me wrong. Of course, but yeah. It was that self-satisfaction where you have somebody crying because you've been able to tell them that they can write a check to buy their next car. Right, right. That you just can't put a price tag on that. right. As it continued to grow, I was probably, I won't say I was one of the first, but I was probably the most vocal that it was almost to the point of being obscene what, were, what we were being paid. Yeah, yeah. But then I was reminded everybody else that does this same thing gets paid the same way. It's not like our pay structure was anything different. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's not the clients that pay you. No. You don't charge them for that at all. 
so you just you just happened upon it and fell upon it just some you know hard work and stupid luck right well the stupid luck is responding to the postcard that was the stupid luck part right but it's just like two weeks ago three weeks ago i get a call from a neighbor down here Mm-hmm. i have a tax question i need to ask you about okay so yeah. fine come over so she's 69 years of age and it had absolutely nothing to do with taxes but in her mind it did because she found out that she's inheriting part of her sister who had just deceased part of her ira oh so we're still working today actually tomorrow trying to get that finalized right so you're still picking up additional clients because again I'm not going out and looking for clients but if I can help them and again she's made the comment when she's been over here time and time again I could I I don't know what I would have done without you right yeah because it's just people don't know what to do with that stuff yeah go get the shotgun my God, we got a parade. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Geese? Come, coming right across the road into our yard. Well, you better go get the shotgun and kill them. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you can't kill them, but you could sure fire them off. Teresa's going after them. <laughs> those, suckers, those suckers are mean. You need to watch out for her. <laughs> uh, no, I think she can hold her own. She can. She's already got, she's already got them turned around. Yeah. She just went out the door. So anyway, um, so continued to do that, built it, built it. When I sold it to Kyle in July of 2011, yeah, 600 tax returns, 475 investment clients. Yeah. So. 20 years from 93 to what would that be 2000 20 years would tell yeah because i got my 25 year pin so it was more than almost 30 years 28 years wow didn't didn't seem like it no but you'd you'd be up working 20 hours during tax season like 16 18 hours like i mean but that's what you did because tax season only lasted for 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's 20% of the year. You can do anything for that length of time. Of course you can. Yeah, we've all uh, done that. It was also during the time that I wound up coming down here on the weekends because I would go to work. I'd go play golf on Saturday and then go to the office. I would play golf Sunday morning, go to the office Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah becoming a workaholic so i had to do something and here now i'm down in paradise yeah <laughs> but it's it's been a good ride to say the least to say the least yeah it's allowed us to do a lot of things for sure for sure Again, I cannot thank you enough for taking some time out of your busy lives to listen to this week's chapter, engage with the show, social media accounts, and for all of your feedback. I appreciate your feedback so much. It 
helps me to find those chapters and stories that you guys actually want to hear. If you have just a moment, can you head over to Spotify and follow the show no matter where you're listening from? It would really help me out. And if you want to, you can check out my flow page. It is flow.page slash not in the textbooks. It has all the links to the social media accounts and where you can actually listen. If you want to be on the show or you want to nominate someone to be on the show, please email me at notinthetextbookspodcast at gmail.com. Just a quick reminder that we're not all getting straight A's in the stories of our lives and some people are having harder chapters than you are. So take a minute, pause, think about it, be kind. And if you're struggling right now because your chapter is super hard, I'll be your cheerleader. I'm here for you. Reach out, get support and get the help that you need. Um, Keep going. And on that note, I'll see you in the stacks next week.